Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I wish our weather was a little bit better. We're in what I think in Wisconsin is called third winter, kind of trying to be spring. We're 44, so the snow is melting and we are full on rain. So we'll see how this goes. We were two weeks ago, it was 80 here. And then this week it's been in like 28 to 31 in the morning, like crazy. So we get a little bit warmer by the afternoon. It's, I can't complain. It's nothing like where you are, but I am definitely ready for full on spring. Yeah. I think we're in third winter and you're an allergy, if I Mm. remember correctly. So, yes. (laughs) Yes. Everything is yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I know I didn't even get to enjoy the warm weather that we had two weekends ago because you and I were away together and we haven't recorded since that, but we were in Austin together, which has beautiful weather. Um, It was so nice when we were there and we had the best time. It really was. It was such a fun time. It was a great trip. We took a business trip and then tacked on some personal at the very end of it. So that's always super fun. And as always, I think when we go to these things, we see people that we haven't seen in a really long time. We meet new people. And really the whole purpose of these trips is to get in front of brands and get the opportunity to really learn more about brands that are entering the inventory, maybe brands that have been in the inventory. And this time of year is especially influential because brands are refiling their franchise disclosure documents. So there's a real update to numbers of franchisees, to the, you know, the cost to get in, to the average earnings claim. So really getting to get caught up with those guys was fantastic. And just to hear about some of the support elements too, right? Like, of course, getting into the numbers is important. We work with people that are VP, C-suite execs, serial entrepreneurs, high-level individuals that, of course, are looking at the numbers, but also they're joining a franchise system for systems and support. So that's why it's so important for you and I not to just read these new documents, but we want to get with the leadership team, get with the development team, understand their culture, understand what are they doing to keep up with their growth? How are they going to support our clients when we place them in a businesses? And You can read documents all day long, but at the end of the day, to me, it is about the people. And so I love the opportunity to get in front of the people. I completely agree. And I think part of our brand vetting process when we're looking at brands that we want to introduce to clients is that we want to know the leadership team. We want to understand who is the Oz behind the curtain, who is going to be making decisions from the corporate level on their behalf. What is the franchisor like? What are the values like? Because part of our job is finding people that fit that culture as well. And we can't do that if we don't understand the ethos of the brand. And there's really no better way than to do that in person. And we really experienced that with a few different founders we have not yet got the chance to meet on this trip. We got to meet some folks that were absolutely fantastic, that made us excited for brands that maybe we weren't excited for before. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Again, it's all about the people so many times for me and meeting some founders on this past trip really set things apart. And also we got to see a lot of our franchise friends that we've built relationships with over for years just to catch up with them and, you know, hear what they're working on their next big brand that they get to be a part of. So that was really fun for us too. I think Brittany, this is the perfect time to introduce our guest today who we got the opportunity to spend a lot of quality time with while we were in Austin. We have Josh Hoffman, who is the Director of Development on Groovy Hues with Horsepower Brands. Welcome, Josh. Hey, Sam Brittany, thanks for having me. appreciate you having me on. We are so happy to have you. We've had you on an episode before for another incredible brand with Horsepower. We got great feedback about that episode. And so we're excited for you. That was the first brand that um, Horsepower launched, and now you're on to their newest brand. So why don't you walk us through your background, all about how you got started in franchising and to the point where you are today? Yeah. So uh, I, I again, I should say it's good to be back on the show when I was with Mighty Dog. So my background is actually pretty simple. I, of all things, Groovy Hughes being a paint company, I was actually painting houses in college. Uh, which I had no idea what I was getting into, but happened to be a franchise and had the opportunity to take it over in college. So it was a heart of the housing crisis. I'd love to say I was a genius and saw the uptick coming, but like I had the opportunity and I said, okay, let's take it. And I never looked back. I loved home services. I loved obviously manual labor, the blue collar industry, low level of competition as far as business acumen. So did that for a number of years and ended up on the corporate side of franchising. So did coaching throughout the Midwest, ended up at another franchisor in the training department. So built out another painting brand uh, in the franchise space. That brand grew from just one painting brand to 10 different brands. So I was able to build out their different training systems, their processes, uh, served as a brand present for handyman concepts, kitchen organization concepts. And then through franchise friends like you guys actually got introduced to Horsepower. And when I saw what they were doing, I well, I say I moved to Omaha, which means which means something. <laughs> I moved across the country here because they were just doing it in the right way. Of you know, someone like me has been a an employee, a franchisee, a coach, a trainer, a president. They passed every test. If they're doing the right things, they're growing the right way. So I actually originally again came on board with Mighty Dog, our first brand. And there's something about paint. So when we launched Groovy Hughes, I just can't stay away from it. So I ended up back in this seat. Uh, help, helping us uh, build our newest brand. So I've been here about a year and a half in franchising. I, don't, I hate to say more than a decade, but we're, we're approaching 15 years here. You know, I don't think anybody ever anticipates that they're going to stay in franchising or especially when you're a college student and you're taking on a job and it just seems like this is just one more thing that I'm going to do and add to my resume later on. You don't think it's going to shape your absolute future and the way that things turn out, but certainly it has for you. And the name of the brand you're representing, I just love the branding. First of all, I just think that it, really you guys nailed it on this one. So what is Groovy Hughes? And besides your experience, what drew you to represent this brand? Yeah, I'd love to say it was more than just the logo because I do like wearing the logo. I'm like, you can get out there and sometimes you don't like the brand. I get like stopped in the street when people are like, what is that? Like, it's crazy. But uh, to your question of what drew us to the brand, who are we? So Groovy Hughes is a semi-absentee preferred 
uh, multi-revenue stream paint business. So we focus on residential, commercial, interior, exterior paint, uh, commercial, residential, power, and soft wash, which we'll get into. And then we also have a gutter installation component with some nuances in there of what we do. So we want to really expand the horizons of just somebody who's slapping paint on the walls, uh, really build a great brand, great branding, uh, increase the technology, the sophistication of the industry, and really take it to the next level with our experience. So again, when we were launching Groovy, uh, it was one I was drawn to. One, just truthfully, I know how profitable painting can be from doing it myself. Um, and it's why there's so many painters out there. Is it just it happens to be a profitable industry that there's a need and a want into. And Groovy became somewhat of a passion project in a lot of ways for us because it was something that we actually got to build from scratch. So I think you guys spoke with the other week, Zach Butler, who's one of our co-founders, also owned the paint franchise. We actually have a couple within our system who did that. It was, as we experienced it, we got to see something and said, man, this did this great. Maybe this piece was there. That we were able to take our cumulative experiences and say, well, how would I build this in the perfect way to build a large scale, large profitability, and again, really, again, that semi-absentee preferred business model, how would we do that? So it was really fun to be able to sit in a room and say, well, how do we do this? We have the ability, the, the capital, and the intellect to do it. Uh, so again, I just couldn't stay away. I, I love a challenge, and I love seeing things grow. It's unique with this brand at Horsepower that you guys have built this one from scratch. Your typical kind of model or style is you go out and you acquire an existing business, you bring it in-house, you franchise it, you make it better. But with this, you're building that brand from scratch. So there has they, you have to have real passion behind the painting industry, you and, and the founders, in order to build something from scratch. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about the differentiators. Because you can, it could be viewed as a saturated space. You worked for a couple of painting franchise concepts. You've been a franchisee of one. Zach, the co-founder, has been a franchisee of one. Tell us more about your differentiators and why there is room in this market space for another concept. Yeah. So I, I kind of start high level and then go into the nitty gritty. Um, and it's the high level of, you know, when you're building a franchise brand, and we know that it's profitable. I didn't tell anytime somebody's looking at a franchise, you want to know two things, right? Show me the franchisor's history of success in franchising. Now, why is that important? Because a painting business is not a franchise paint business. And the same is true for all of our brands. Franchising is a different animal. So I want to know they can do that well. Obviously, Horsepower has the track record of success. The second would be the industry. Now, we got into painting because we looked not only our passion or experience was that Okay, there's a lot of data out there. This is an established industry that still has space in it. It's not saturation by any means. So we looked and said, hey, we know the industry is stable. The margins are publicly available. All things we can get into, we have the track record of success. That makes for a perfect marriage of a franchise business, especially with the backing that's horsepower. So what makes us different than anyone else? I typically put home service brands into one of two categories, especially in painting, is that there are brands out there that mimic the industry, right? Go wrap your car, go get some leads and subcontract the work. Same is true. I can pick up a paintbrush and say I'm a painter, right? It's low barrier to entry. Now those models can be great, but they're typically built for an owner operator. They're not super sophisticated and they don't need to be because it is need-based. Need so great brands, just not large scale. 
Now, the other is what I would call kind of unique or niche brands where, hey, someone has a very, very particular need. Maybe I want to make a really fancy paint or I'm going to paint your house really fast. And is that really the need? And the answer is no to scale the business. So we looked and we want our differentiators to actually be internal and obviously the branding be huge. So one was increasing that average ticket. So one of those things is having multiple services, right? So if I show up to your house and I, you said, hey, I want you to paint this and I can offer you gutters, a better soft wash, better adhesion, all the other things that I can offer you are custom curb appeal program. Now all of a sudden you say, whoa, I'm, I'm actually getting a designer. Painting is the least expensive way to renovate your home. So again, more services leads to a higher ticket, same acquisition cost, but also leads to re-entry points into your home. I think one of the things that a lot of people miss is that like they treat painting like a one-time acquisition. Hey, I come out to paint your house and maybe I don't hear from you again. Where the truth of the matter is, hey, this year, my it's my nine-year-old's birthday. He liked blue this year. Next year, I need to stain the deck. Then it's the fence. Then it's the exterior. And oh my gosh, now he's 14. He hates light blue. He loves whatever color he loves and we're back in the home. All those are a lot of retarget. The other is systemized technology. Again, I speak to my business and again, being in that industry, you send a salesperson out, they manually take the measurements and then I manually hand over the work order to a subcontractor in-house crew. Hopefully all that gets communicated. They're calling me throughout the project and there's just too many moving parts. So again, we're using software like 3D rendering for accurate estimates. So again, when I send a salesperson out, I'm not worried if they can do sixth grade geometry. I'm now focused on kind of the McDonald's style. Can they press a button, right? Can they take a picture? And that flows into our software, giving our painters more robust work orders. Automatic communication, so checklists. When I come out to paint Sam's home, I'm looking out and that painter says, oh, we patched all the walls, we primed all the walls, now we're painting them. She's getting that update while she's on the podcast and getting pictures of the home. So I'm holding painters accountable and as an owner, what am I not doing? I'm not calling back and forth. I'm not running around with my head cut off. I'm truly running an executive style business. So I would say of the differentiators, branding is huge, multiple service offer offerings, and really just a bigger tech package that sophisticates the industry and eases that strain to get the most out of every piece of my business. I think that tech package is so powerful and a lot of people underestimate what that means to the end consumer and how it really does make a difference when they're choosing who to go with because millennials are the number one group of home buyers right now out there. And so as we're coming into the market, and I say we as an elder millennial coming into the market and doing some of those things, I love to be alerted to things via an app. I love to get a text message versus having to chase somebody down, somebody trying to call me, sending me snail mail, whatever it might be. So those types of things, certainly for the franchisee, give them a leg up on the competition. I now, double down there with you. I like Think about when you go to buy a car, right? Like we just did this with my significant other. And she said, do I want auto start? I probably don't need heated seats. And I looked out in Omaha and it's snowing today. And we're buying and going, you know what? Click on it. Do it the right way. And that's the same as true. If I can do things by a click of a button. It's all about, hey, what's my lifestyle going to be? That's that same thing as let's do it right. And people treat their home that way. I completely agree with that. Buying a car, building a car online is a dangerous road, though, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're clicking a lot of buttons and you don't know what that end price is going to be. So 
we're hearing from our clients a lot right now. And especially, you know, in the last two weeks, there have been some other events in the economy that have come up and there's talk of a recession and people always wonder, how would a business weather a recession? When you're hearing that, which undoubtedly you are, how are you answering that with clients in the process? Yeah, well, I mean, I ran my business through 08. So it's like, I, I never would ever scoff anybody off. I'm like, oh, that was a different time, right? That was about the worst you would have seen in home services. And it still survived. So one of the things we look at recession is that, and it's what I love about pain, and I kind of call it the yin and yang. There are home service brands out there that are only need-based, right? If hey, I can't put up an Instagram picture of plumbing and somebody see and go, honey, look at that plumbing. That's great. We got to get that. Where like, it's only when you need it, we're painting. I have that need. I need to protect my home. I need to sell my home at some point or anything else I'm doing to protect it. But there's also that want base of, hey, I, we got a new couch. Hey, well, let's repaint the living room. Let's do this. And it's somewhere you live. So I love the idea that there is that need base, that want base. And what happens when the economy shifts, it comes down to, well, what are we targeting? And this is where Groovy Hughes has a leg up from our history in home service. And that's the backing of horsepower, which is Hey, we're in, we're heading into a recession. You know what people are focused on? Longevity. So let's talk about two coats of paint. Let's talk about a better power washing service. Let's talk about an upgraded paint. I'm spending more on a single target, but your cost per year as a homeowner living, our software can clearly tell you, hey, this that you're paying for, you might be spending a couple grand more, but you're going to get double the lifespan out of it, meaning your cost per year is going down. Well, in the US, no recession lasts really more than two years, right? At the end of the day, you have the ebbs and flows. So what happens? Those homes sell, somebody moves in. Okay, well, now we're doing the kids' bedrooms. Now we're thinking about the play set. Now we're standing a new deck or even things that we can do, which is like concrete standing a pool and doing lamination. Those are the types of things we can do. And we help our franchisees target, hey, how are you approaching a customer right now based on what they're looking at and what's going on in the economy? So long-winded, but the simple answer is it never goes away no one can completely ignore paint and the things we're doing. Well, and it sounds like you're meeting their customer, your customers where they're at, at that time, which is really good. Whatever their needs are at that point in time, whether it's because they're selling their home or their family's growing or they can't go out as much. So now they're in their home and they want to invest in their home. It sounds like you're doing a good job of, of meeting the customer where they're at. 2020 was a great example, right? I mean, we all know that home services boomed. Hey, we're in the home. It was it was really a renaissance of, hey, for most people, this is my largest asset. Let's make sure we enjoy it. And I go back to painting being, rather than doing a whole renovation, rather than doing this, hey, let's paint and make this space new for us at an affordable cost. Yep, definitely. It can give, give the house a whole facelift at a much more affordable price than doing brand new siding or doing a whole kitchen tear out. Small elements can make things a lot easier and still a beautiful product for a consumer. So I want to pivot from the consumer side and I want to talk about staffing. That is the number one question I get with all of my clients on all of my calls. How do you find good people? I'm worried about finding employees. I don't know about this next generation. Like, how do I manage them? You know, I get those questions. I had that this morning. So how does Horsepower and Groovy Hughes help the franchisees identify their team? Yeah. So I'll talk about who, you know, how we build the team, how we find them. And then really, I think 
I'm going to call it a sneaky one, but how our tech package actually helps you recruit because you wouldn't initially think of it that way. So one is what team do we build out? Again, I think there's a lot of brands out there where you guys deal with and you do your investigation and you say, do you accept semi-absentee owners? And most brands will say yes, which to me typically means we'll accept it, but we weren't built for it, especially in the home service space. So for us, we say, well, how do you build this industry? Well, it's through a team. So get a semi-absentee owner, starts with a GM who's handling your day-to-day, a full-time salesperson fully dedicated to sales. You'll have a full-time painter, so we do have a hybrid labor model. That allows us to get in on smaller jobs, where if you call your local painter today, I would guarantee four out of five say they have 500 to $1,000 minimum job size. Well, that's because they can't get a subcontracted crew out for any less than that cost. They can't make money. We can now get into that home, as well as works in the curb appeal program, helps with production, and a full-time power washing technician. So I'm starting with four full-time people. And you talk about every part of this business, I now have somebody accountable to the roles and responsibilities. So the second part comes into how do we recruit them? So you heard from Zach, and if you've listened to this podcast, which I'm sure you guys you guys have a ton of listeners here, heard him talk about Recruit Z at some point. So we own a staffing vertical. And this is not like, hey, a headhunter. This is not, hey, one person who works in the office. This is a full-on staffing firm. They have over 10 employees who help find specific roles for us. So they are doing the posting at a very low cost next to really just the cost of labor to get it done to go out and target the right people. So the beauty of horsepower brands is that we've got our six other brands on top of Groovy Hughes. So what have we seen that's successful in the past? So they see personality assessments. They're looking at GMs of other businesses we own of who's doing well in a GM role. What is their skill set? What, how are they doing well in sales? Now we can go target that personality assessment, that skill assessment to go find a better person, ultimately rapidly stacking the skills and the placement success. They will also actually help you find subcontracting a blue collar labor as well. So they handle both sides of that. They have two ends in their department. We also partner with Sherman Williams at the local level. Those are the folks who know, hey, who's paying their paint bill on time? Who's coming back for touch up paint? Who's got customers coming in and yelling at us? Like, don't touch them with a 10 foot pole. They want to work with the Groovy because they know our past track record of success. They didn't look at us as a startup, which we very much are an emerging brand, but we just happen to be emerging in a space that's so well backed by horsepower that, you know, we're really more of a traded team at the end of the day that got here is emerging. So the last one I go into technology, we actually expand the pool of your labor pool. And I, I use the McDonald's example, even though we're certainly not McDonald's. A 14 or 15 year old probably has no business actually managing like manning a cash register. But what has McDonald's done? They put that button and it's when it goes number one Big Mac. They look down, there's a picture of a Big Mac, a number one, and they go press the button. Oh, cool, there's a checklist. How do I mop? And if you even look at the mop, they're like, here's how you pick up a mop, right? They have dumbed it down to a level that, hey, that's what the new generation might need, my generation, the the younger millennials. But you look at that and we've really much taken that same approach. So with the technology, with the process orientation, I'm not looking for a unicorn who knows how to sell, who knows how to run a team, who recruit a subcontract later. We have those pieces in place. So what that does is that entrepreneurial minded person who might not be a place in their career to purchase a franchise, but wants to work for it and wants to get in. This is a great place where you can learn a lot of those skills expand. And I think that gives us just a much wider labor pool than someone else going, hey, find a headhunter who's run a paint company before ultimately good luck 
we don't have to run into those issues. So we really haven't had a problem with all those parameters in place really anywhere in the country. That's a totally different ball game than what a lot of your competitors are talking about. And I think a lot of home service concepts, that's where our clients struggle the most because we predominantly work with executive level folks that aren't looking to be Chuck in a truck or Paul with a paintbrush or any of those different things, but they don't necessarily have the network to figure that out. So you guys are predominantly, if not exclusively, an executive model franchise. Who are you looking for? What is that ideal franchisee? If you had to say, this is the avatar, Sam, when you come across this client, make sure they come to us at Groovy Hughes. Yeah. So I, I don't want to paint to, oh, that's a terrible analogy. I want a too broad a stroke, right? It's, I hate that. That's, <laughs> but the answer really is, is anyone is a horsepower candidate and truthfully groovy as well. We're probably not a fit for somebody who is saying, Hey, I, I just want to dip my toe in the water. Um, I, I'm not really looking to build anything big, which is okay. Right. Hey, I want to take a venture in. Maybe I'm expanding. That's, that's not really who we're looking for. So really the skills come down to, I put it in three categories. One is financial management, right? We can teach you how to rate a PL, but really the understanding that that executive level person that most of your candidates do know, which is money speaks. This needs to be profitable. I don't want a nonprofit painting business. <laughs> I hope nobody wants that. So when you look at it, it's can I can the numbers tell me a story? And can I keep my eye on them and let them help me allow to run the business better? Ultimately, because we have the barometers where the numbers should be. The second is a person who's open to holding processes. Again, when I'm an executive, what I cannot do is run on pure talent, right? I'm running an A process that allows me to put in potentially, again, I will always want A talent, but they're a limited commodity, a B talent player who can become an A talent because you have that process. So ultimately, who's going to hold that line? Well, that's me to my GM. That's my GM to my team. So am I willing to hold that? And then I'd say lastly is just the figure it out ability, right? I don't want to sit here and we really have figured out about every stopgap we can to say, hey, how do you make sure this is successful? You can always find a way to fail, right? So our owners, when they come in, are saying, hey, how do I find a way to even make this better? We are going to figure it out because nobody's perfect at the end of the day. There's always going to be hiccups. So when you talk about that perfect can, it's typically a corporate refugee of some kind maybe recently in the tech world or anything else that, you know, their job is now no longer exists. They're looking for their next thing. And I think this is a beautiful model because I would call it truly executive. I think the, the common turn is semi-absentee, but there are models where, Hey, there's just not more than 10 to 15 hours to put in that are any sort of effective. We're also a great spot for somebody to say, you know what? I don't want to buy myself a job and work 40 to 50 hours. But I don't want to work 10 to 15. I want to do that 25 to 30. This is a business where networking, holding the process, leading your team, improving KPIs, you could put in another 10 hours if you want. So our current owners are anywhere from people who say, hey, you know what? I only have 10 to 15 hours to put in a week. And those who are saying, hey, I don't want to go back to corporate America. But I, again, I, I want to make sure I can spend time with my kids. So we find that in that 10 to 30 hour range. And this is a business that allows it. So again, really anybody who has that high high level skill. We're not looking for anyone who's, you know, looking to go sling paint. I'd encourage you to go to your local Sherwin Williams if you want to do that. 
you know, it's all about a fit, right? That's why Sam and I do what we do to vet people on the front end. And as we place clients just into the horsepower system as a whole, as I look at my clients that have become franchisees of the system, they are high level individuals that know how to lead a team and are excited about building an empire with great systems and support. So you joined us previously to talk about Mighty Dog and you gave us some advice then, but I want you to give us more. Give us a great piece of advice for our listeners. No pressure. Great piece of advice. Um, whew. And anything? Anything you want. Best piece of advice you've ever received. If it's business advice, relationship advice, friendship advice, just give us a good nugget of advice. Oh my gosh. I think... So this is where my inner child was going to come out, but I, I used to watch, and it stuck with me for now nearly 25 years. Uh, I remember being a, like a young kid, and I think I was just starting to play basketball, and we're watching this TV show, and whatever the parent or parental figure in the show says, whatever you do, do it with gusto. And I like remember thinking it, and I actually the first thing I thought was like, what the hell is gusto? Like I don't know that word. <laughs> That's not anything I know. And as I looked at it, I it's just always resonated with me where you can tell if somebody or someone is doing something, even if they don't care about or aren't particularly passionate about, do it with a bit of flair, make a decision, go emphatic and, and do it the best you can. Cause if you're not doing that, why do anything at the end of the day? Cause you're going to do things you don't like. You're going to do things you love. You got to put passion, push, put that gusto on it at the end of the day. Cause you're going to be able to, you're going to go a long way. You can, I think we can, Thinking right now, we think of people who do a lot of things with gusto, and those are the people who stick in our minds and happen to constantly be doing well and going, man, they're on to their next venture. That's a good thing. So six-year-old me did not think he'd get on the podcast today, but he's coming back with, with that phrase. I know it's a little simplistic for you. Simple is the best advice, I think, because it's easy to follow. It resonates with so many people. I'm a big proponent of adding flair to just about anything. So I definitely agree with that advice. Now, I know we've had you before, but I've found in franchising, answers change. Things change over the course of time, you know, six months, a year, you could have a completely different answer. So we ask this question to every guest that comes on. And at this season in your life, what is your personal and compelling reason for being in franchising? Personal? I like it. I kind of see two sides to it. And I'll use a sports analogy is that what franchising does is it raises your floor, right? We're getting towards the NFL draft, the NBA draft. You talk about a high ceiling, low floor player, right? And you're going, this could be a bust or it could go really well. What franchising is designed to do, and it's very seldom exists, is, hey, how do we make sure that your level of success is going to get here? And really, it's a really, you look at a franchise and say, is it a, it's a car. Now, there's cars that are a Honda Accord that's designed to get you to work. You can only drive so fast. Or it's a sports car. It's a Lamborghini that you can go as fast as you want. So when I look at what Horsepower's particularly done is they've built a Lamborghini and said, Here's what you need to do to make sure you get down the road. But you can drive the thing as fast as you want at the end of the day. We're not here to limit you, but when you need help, when you need these support systems, we're there for that. So I think for you know, a lot of franchise owners, they're first-time business owners. And they're putting their, their life, their family, these things at stake. So I love being in franchising and, and taking it very seriously of 
Do you get the support that you need to be successful? We can't make you successful. But if I can hand you every piece, then you can truly go live the American dream. And I think uniquely for home services, that gets missed a lot is it, it also provides stability for your workforce. And I think that's one of the reasons I stay in home services is that nobody dreams of being a painter. Nobody dreams of being a roofer or a glass installation technician. They're typically not sophisticated business people. They're good at what they do and they're, they're very much an artist in their own trade. So if I can take the work out of the things you're not good at and allow you to succeed, one, you're going to make more money. You're going to have more fulfillment in your life and your community is going to be happier. So the franchise in the home service space, again, it's going to make your community, your consumer happy, but again, I'm making my labor force. I'm making their life a lot easier, giving them more opportunities. And for me, I have the systems and processes to really go do the things in life and in work that I want to do. And for me, I, I got very lucky that I got to do it at 19. So if I get to wake up every morning and go, hey, you didn't get that opportunity. It wasn't the right time. Let me let me help you make it the right time. Let me help you go. So that's it's one of the reasons I love what I do. Well, and I think the cool part about you and many of the horsepower team members, you know, Josh and Zach, their background is in franchising. So many of the team members at Horsepower, not only have they worked for franchisors, but they've been franchisees. I mean, being a franchisee at 19, like I would not have had the business acumen at 19 to be a franchisee. I give you a lot I of did. credit. Don't, for that. I don't get that twisted. I did not <laughs> that were probably necessary. <laughs> but you know what? You jumped in. You had the opportunity. So I give you so much credit. And it's exciting to see you on this team, you know, building out this powerhouse brand in the painting industry. So something that we're doing now that we didn't do on our podcast when we had you on last time, we like to do a word association game. So it's simple. I'm going to tell you a word and you tell me what comes to mind when I say that word. So you can give me a word back or a sentence back or whatever you want. But when I say a word, tell me what comes to top of mind for you. I got it. Can we just make it very clear to the listeners? This was sprung on me. So there is no <laughs> rehearsal. So if I kill it, I want all the credit. <laughs> we will give you all the credit. I'll take it. All right. First word, entrepreneurship. Man, I, maybe I'm not going to do franchising. Yeah. It's it's everyone's scared, but you get out there and go, hey, I've got a, a handout to help me. That's what I think when somebody's going after a franchise or is entrepreneurs. I totally agree. Now, my next word is franchising. So what do you think when you think franchising? Well, I, entrepreneurs, but I don't think that right away because that'd be unfair. Uh, when I think franchising, I think family. And in a way that, once you're in franchising, you don't leave it as a franchisee because it works, people care. So I, I'd say family. I love that. What about wealth? Generational. I think a lot of the candidates we work with right now and myself is we want to build something for ourselves, our family, those around us. How do you do that? Well, it's beyond your 401k and what people think. So when I think wealth, it's expanding into new horizons like franchising. Absolutely. And lastly, values. I'd say execution. And elaborating, I think everybody's got values. And we probably all had a time in our life when we look and say, oh, well, you know, but this, my value is this, but this. And the true values are the ones that you go and execute on. 
and go, I'm going to live these. And I think those are true values. Awesome. Well, you did a great job. Thank you for letting us spring that on you. We love having you. Um, you're a rock star and we appreciate your time. So thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you both for having me. Uh, come, come on anytime. Thank you. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.